Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Well, hello. Last chance to get on this last seminar of 2022, December 9th through the 11th. After that, February 17th through the 19th. Then April 14th through the 16th. For training camps on the list, we just added a self-sufficient lifter camp on January 14th. That's in Wichita Falls, covering the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. So we'll have spots available for our Lift Shoot Fight Camp. This is a two-day camp, December 17th through the 18th in Wichita Falls, covering the lifts, some firearms instruction, and some combatives. For squat and deadlift camps with spots available, we do still have two spots left for December 11th in Chicago at Starting Strength Chicago, then January 21st on Long Island. Still some spots available for our first ever camp entirely in Spanish. That's on January 21st in San Antonio at Starting Strength San Antonio. Some camps that will be added to the list shortly, and as soon as they are live, I will give you dates. But we're going to be in the following cities soon. Boston, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Vegas, and Phoenix. So keep an eye out for those. And speaking of Starting Strength Gyms, lots going on. You can head over to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the locations that are currently open. But to give you a taste of what's to come, Vancouver, Washington's on the list. Another one up in Denver, Colorado Springs, Fort Worth. Nashville, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Miami, and Tampa. And Tampa has just started their pre-sale, so make sure you take advantage of that lowered price before that option is gone. And we are still looking for coaches. So if you'd like to make a career change or you're already in the business and want to find out about what it takes to coach at a Starring Strength Gym, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, read the information, fill out the form, and get in touch with Ina. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to StarringStrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I appear to be okay. It's a nice shirt, Rip. This, yeah, I, I, this is a cool shirt. Is that Dr. Fauci and uh, Colin Powell? Yes, that's okay. who. That's who this is. Got it. Wait, no, it's Julian Castro and Nancy Pelosi. No, wait. <laughs> this is Tom Soule and Milton Friedman. I went to a class uh, last Friday, you know? and the instructor, his name is John Hearn. It was a, pist- a rifle class. The guy's great. Anybody who ever wants to learn how to shoot, look up John Hearn. But he asked uh, a question at the beginning of the class, just as a, we were talking about some stuff. He said, who is the most wise living American? Tom Soule. First thing he said was, is it not Mark Ripito? No shit. Because <laughs> he saw me and Jackson wearing our starting strength. Right. But then, uh, yeah, everybody was thinking about it. He said Tom Soule. It's uh, Tom Soule. hard to argue with. Hard to argue with. The man's 92. Hadn't got him around much longer, but my God. How many books has he written? A bunch. Like 50, 55 yeah, books published. 
Yeah. Actual books. Right. Not just bullshit, you know. Yep. Not compilations of his articles on YouTube. And there is that too. Yeah. In addition to He's a terribly prolific, very, very busy man. Yep. And he has added to our understanding, and it is impossible to accurately value his work. It really is. Um, Milton Friedman started, sold, continued, and topped it all off. And, uh, yeah, I saw this shirt on on one of the guys up in uh, Omaha at the uh, starting center coaches convention a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I said, I got to have that shirt. Where'd you get it? And he said, I'll send it to you. So it came in the mail yesterday. And I thought, what the fuck? Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Instant classic. So, all right. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk to the people who are members and or owners, I think, right? Yeah, we've got a few owners. Of the uh, Starting Strength Gyms across the country. The busily expanding Starting Strength Gym chain across the country. We're going to talk to them, but first, first, we're going to subject you to, and I think you know what's coming next when I lean into the microphone, comments, comments. from, from uh, the haters. Oh, there's some real doozies this week. Doozies. Is that a thing people still say? Yeah. Man, having the live I, audience this, here is pretty cool. See, see, you're missing out, Rip. I, people I, are smiling yeah, and It would laughing. be just the distracting. It would be distracting to me. Brett Carter's not even red. It's so good. He's still short, though. <laughs> All right. Timothy Olson says, first few minutes of this video perfectly encapsulates this guy's overwhelmingly entitled arrogance. What's the video? Uh, you need to rest between sets. Oh, that's an obscure one. But how long? <laughs> Starting strength radio clips. I like how you're that arrogant I would, with uh, telling I, people I'm that they need to rest. for having an opinion about this, apparently. Uh, <laughs> A reasoned and an analyzed opinion is makes me arrogant. Arrogant. He's not wrong. No, of course not. Stankfa <laughs> says, and this is a looking at this guy's um, thumbnail picture. This is a third worlder. All right, <laughs> maybe he isn't doing the workout because he hurt his back doing regular bar deadlifts. Eyes, that's I apostrophe s. Safer man, don't confuse people with urbs. This is from the most valuable video that we've ever recorded. The uh, why the trap, the trap bar yes. completely uses continues to pay dividends all these years later. Let's see. Here's another one from the trap bar. All right, I've never seen this is Tim Henderson. Oh, good. Okay, not a third worlder. Probably. No, okay. no. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, you could know, because you don't know. Yeah. Right. Could be selling a. Could, extended car warranties under the name Tim Henderson. Yeah, could be. 
could be sub-Saharan African Philip Uga Booga operating under the pseudonym Tim Hitters. Could be. Could be. There's no thumbnail. I, I can't. I can't tell. All right. says, I've never seen anyone fall forward or backward doing either lift. Your feet are cemented into the ground. The weight is too low, and gravity won't let you swing either bar. Maybe when trying a one-rep PR, this could happen. Holding your breath and getting dizzy. He's mad BC. Trap bars aren't part of the program he's known for, and it's probably hurting his wallet. Starting strength is a time-tested good program, but not for the military. <laughs> so that's what it sounds like when there's no punctuation right for the when there's no uppercase and no punctuation <laughs> so you know uh, all right uh here's one uh, how to fix your hips in the press with byron johnston okay all right nice gentleman byron this seems like a seems like the kipping pull-up version mm. of a press strict no lower body movement pressing off the collar bone delts or gtfo <laughs> okay <laughs> or gtfo gtfo man when are all these little chimey bells is going there, off? In this my... is the uh, call, people getting on the call. Oh, getting on the call. Yep. Okay. All right. David Weinbrenner says, uh, this is in respect with respect to the recent video we did with uh, uh, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, uh, High Meat Diets and Cholesterol, apparently was the title of the clip. Right. Uh David Weinbrenner Jr. says, this guy's a nut. You should be, <laughs> because he doesn't agree with, uh, you should be talking to Dr. Dayspring or Atia. Mm. Who's Dayspring? I don't know who that is. I've Nobody else of, does uh, either? Yeah, I've heard of the other guy. Atia's, you know, popular guy. Right. Uh, Dayspring, don't know him. Uh, I would submit that I would rather talk to Malcolm Kendrick than Dr. Dayspring. Yep. Right? As close to settled science you can get. Lower APOB is very good for long-term CV health. Really adds when you, when you go with acronyms. It really adds to the whole thing. Well, it makes you look familiar yep. with the subject that's right that's what it's for so. right. uh okay now all right tim henderson makes the well-reasoned observation that lifting maximum weights up and down is not military combat functional <laughs> carrying a 180 pound soldier on your shoulders for 100 yards is trap versus bb is irrelevant put 180 pounds on a yoke or trap bar farmer's walk for 100 yards would be more functional 
so far is the Army's concerned Ripitor and the Army are both wrong. Well, the great thing about well, a yoke, 185-pound yoke for 100 yards, is you could just train that forever, right? I mean, just add five pounds until it gets up to He didn't say pounds. anything about adding anything. Well, he said 180 pounds because that's really, what a soldier weighs. But we're really smart. We would add weight to it and then fuck up Oh, our no, hips, but that's, that's stupid our, because that's not functional. See? Right, yeah. That's not functional because that's not exactly what it looks like. It's not what the strength looks like when it's being used, so it's stupid. What if the guy to weighs- try to build more strength than you actually need by going up? Fi- what if the guy weighs two hundred? Anyway, what if he weighs one eighty five? Clutter the fucking <laughs> argument here. <laughs> this man has made the correct, brilliant observation that if it doesn't look like what you do in the field, then you don't do it. Smart. That's that's. That's, There's no telling this guy's got a military background. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tim Henderson level thinking right there. And in fact. <laughs> and finally, we have a comment about Ray. Good. How we do and don't do sales in the gyms, which is basically telling everybody we just we don't close sales at starting hearing gyms. Right. We don't close sales. Everybody else closes sales. We just say, yeah, well, if you want to join, that's. We'll sign you up. But if you don't, I'm I'm sorry, I'm busy right now. Do you like trap bars? That's the first question. <laughs> he doesn't say anything about that. He says, Ray is such a hippie. Sick of bread heads. What? <laughs> Do you know what that means? What is a bread No, head? I think Bree looked it up earlier. Uh, someone whose only concern is money or making money. Oh, like, like bread, like yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> like the sixty years ago, bread. Okay, got it. He's in the wrong fucking business. These guys must be old, (laughs) don't you think? I think there's way better ways to just only make money. Yeah. Well, ask that FTX guy. Yeah. (laughs) Sam Bankman Fried is just—he was just making money, and that's all. Right. You know, if you'd like to rot in hell for all eternity, that's what you need to go do. All right, so anyway, that concludes, thankfully, this week's installment of Comments from the Heaters. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very, very, very nice. Now, let's get on with the actual purpose of today's show, shall we? We're going to talk to people. Uh in the actual starting strength gyms around the country. Um, what? It's a pumpkin. Oh, it's a pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> I saw the yellow thing there. I couldn't. What have you done to my monkey? And he's just wearing a pumpkin. Because Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> When's Thanksgiving? Day after tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's when we're That's recording right. this. You can tell. You know, here's a little secret I'm going to let you all in on. We pre-record these. You're going to see this on Friday at noon. You're going to listen to it 12 hours earlier than that, Friday at midnight, 12 a.m. It goes on audio, but you'll see this. But we don't actually record the thing 
at midnight on Friday. Yeah. It's a shocker. Because we don't want to. <laughs> because, because, like, for example, today's show, you wouldn't call in. Right. We couldn't call you without pissing everybody off real yep. bad. So we do it in a way that makes sense. And that may not comport with your understanding of how things ought to be, but nonetheless. And we're also the first ones to ever do it that way. No one has ever pre-recorded. No one's ever pre-recorded a show because yeah. everything's live. Yeah. Otherwise. Pioneers in another way. Yes. Once again. One more example Start of starting strength. Leading the way. We are the icebreaker of modern media. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let me talk to somebody. All right. Who you want me to talk to first? Uh, Who had to go? Let's go with Brent Carter. Carter. Here he comes. Hey, Brent Carter. What are you doing, man? Well, I'm talking to you. and That was a stupid I question. Thought I thought this was going to be a live Q&A. I feel cheated. I feel this is a live Q&A, you bonehead. What do you, what do you mean? But it's pre-recorded. He well, it's has live a point. right now. <laughs> he has a point. Gotcha. But he yeah. does have a point. Anyway. He, he got me. All right. <laughs> okay. So I think one of the things that, that – You know uh, why really he sets... said that? Because he was planning on saying some dirty thing like fuck or something <laughs> like that. Right. Try to you sabotage the quality of the, <laughs> right. yeah. of the Oh, program. you know me too well. The highbrow yes. quality. <laughs> right. You know me too well. So right. one of the things that I think is so uh, – that sets starting strength apart is the constant drive towards refinement and iteration of, of the system. Yes. And this is obviously apparent when you look at second edition versus third edition. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's cool to see that refinement process. Well, you look um, at third edition first printing versus right. third edition, where are we, fourth revision now or third revision? What does it say? Something like that. I think it says second we don't revision on it. We don't always uh, stipulate to the number of revisions because every time we run a, uh, a print run, if there's anything we have to add, we add it to that. We don't call attention to it. And, uh, in fact, I've, I've probably ought to explain that the reason why we don't, uh, call for a fourth edition, because if you look at the third edition, first printing and the third edition now, that probably rises to the level of, uh, the industry standard, which is 30% new material is what determines whether you call it a new edition or not. And probably we have got 30% new material in the uh, current blue book that is for sale on our website versus the first one that was printed in 2011, back 11 years ago. But we're not going to call it a fourth edition because of the practical reality of if you, if you issue a new revision, then you have to issue a new ISBN number. And a new ISBN number zeroes out your Amazon reviews, and you have to start back over at zero. And we just don't feel like doing that because we've got a whole bunch of real good Amazon reviews, and we don't want to lose them. So we just just throw a few little changes in here and there, and, and, and it accumulates. 
And but no, you're, Carter's right. We uh, we have never hesitated to say we were wrong, and we've been wrong. We've been wrong with some of our analysis of uh, the barbell exercises, and we've revised those as it became obvious that we were wrong. We are not married to prior analysis. Uh, we can we can say we're wrong, and and we know that you will respect that. Because nothing is more stupid than a guy who's obviously wrong sticking with the guns. That irritates everybody. So my question is, uh, uh, well, first of all, let me first make a comment that you're clearly not a breadhead because (laughs) a breadhead would go ahead and put out another edition because it would make all the people that bought the previous edition go ahead and buy a new edition. But anyway, the question is... There are still people reading the second edition, you know. Well, I bought one just to look at... I I loaned mine out, but I bought one off of eBay just so I could look at the differences between the two. And yeah, it's not the same. It's Yeah. So if we're not going to do... If you're not going to do a fourth edition, is there... And you don't want to call attention to revisions being made. Um, is there any way to, to, to look at a history of some kind of the different, uh, revisions and releases somewhere that, that shows this iterative process and B what's in store for the next revision? Well, um, the, the revisions have primarily consisted of, uh, uh, updates to the explanations that we have included in the book. And those updates are the result of us presenting this material at seminars over the years and just things occurred to us that hadn't occurred to us before and we just said yeah we better make a note let's add that to the next revision it's been a, actually it's been a while since we've added anything the thing the material seems to have settled in at this point to where it needs to be mm-hmm. uh, and if if you wanted to chart a longitudinal arc of changes uh that's that's quite a task Mm. and i'm busy doing other shit so uh the things uh, things i remember there's there's some explanation on the back angle stuff in the squat there was there was uh well the the last revision included uh new pictures but that's the actual official revision right Mm -hmm. there were new pictures there were some new explanations on things yes um back angle in the squat uh, that was that was kind of the everything else has just been kind of correction little corrections and well, stuff here and there that you've that you found. Right? Well, and some little changes in the physics explanations too. Right. But uh, I would not really honestly uh, the fact that it's uh, that it might rise to the to the level of thirty percent is is irrelevant. I don't think it'd be honest to call the the current printing of the book a completely different version of material than the first printing of the book. And the only thing right now that would that probably need to need to be changed is the uh, we were talking about that pulling mechanic stuff with Mia a while back, mm-hmm. which it would just be a drawing, right? It'd be a change in the drawing right. <clears throat> just to make things a little bit more accurate. But uh, if there was to be a fourth edition, what would even go in a fourth edition? You don't need a fourth edition. Uh, we don't need a fourth edition, and we're not going to do one. Nothing like that's planned. If we think of something critical, like – uh, the stuff from Mia, we could probably add a paragraph to the 
alternate grip material right. in there and get that whole thing in with a hundred words. Yep. You know, and those of you that don't know what we're talking about, look up Mia Inman on the the articles index and read her explanation of of the mechanics of the alternate grip. Now that has never been articulated anywhere else. It's never even thought about by anybody else. And it's uh it's an excellent addition to the to a detailed explanation of the stuff that we've tried to explain in detail over the years. Well, and the other things thing that nobody else is even addressing. The other thing to remember too is it may uh, it may just need to stay an article because the book doesn't need to be totally comprehensive in no, that way. No, it really doesn't. You and, know. and the 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 wording in the book regarding the alternate grip, if I remember right, is is uh, concise enough and complete enough that. It it works for the function of the book. Right. You don't need to you don't need to really expand it. But that much. that's really a very good point. Does everything need to be in the book? No, no, because that's what the website is for. That's what the articles are for. It's right? what the articles on the website are for. That's that's, uh, you know. And as far as I know, as far as I mean, you may have a, a better information on this. The startingstrength.com is the largest website in terms of number of words of material on barbell strength training on the internet what would be bigger yeah i don't know i don't i don't know either uh t nation's not anywhere close to us because t nation's not about barbell training right. t nation's about they may have more content but it's it's you know it's varied it's all it's all over the place yeah i mean they deal with power lifting and bodybuilding and you know suit and wraps thing and and things in the but we've got the only collection of 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 this size of articles specifically on barbell strength training in the world right and it continues to accumulate we run new articles every week and uh we've got the best people working for us and we've got uh material on there that nobody else has even thought about nobody's thought about that analysis of the alternate grip that Mia published with us. Uh, if you, you know, want to see the level of quality of the thinking that we've got on our side here, look that up. Mia Inman. You know, I can't say enough good things about her level of analysis. So, no, I don't think we're going to do a fourth edition, Carter. I don't see any point in it. So, I guess he's gone. No, he's still there. He's just Is he? he's just absorbing. He's just thinking. I'm listening, man. I'm listening. <laughs> he's listening. All right. Uh, well, anything else you want to talk about? Um. Well, you said that the changes usually come from how the material is presented at the seminar. Yeah. And I would say my observations are the thing that has changed the most over the past three years has been how we present the programming material. Um, so, you know, is any of that going to make its way into practical programming at any point in this future? Well, the you know, previous uh, statement holds. I don't think everything needs to be in the book. You can't get anybody to actually read practical programming already. <laughs> Yeah, and every you know, every time I every time I open practical programming, I don't think I don't think it uh, 
I don't think it's any different from how we explain it. I think we just explain it better at the seminar. <clears throat> like if you actually read the book, it's it kind of follows along, I think. Yeah, I mean, part. the thing's been through the wash so many times. That material's been through the wash, and it just comes out cleaner every single time it's presented. You know, we've got two or three guys that do that programming lecture, you and Nick, and uh, maybe just two guys that do the programming. Who else has done programming recently? Uh, Pete's done it. Pete. Um, Pete. Who else? Uh, I think that's the usual folks yeah so between the three of you guys i mean you, you've kind of got it down at this point and uh if if you don't want to read practical programming then come to the seminar the book's cheaper <laughs> Takes you know more effort, though. you can do it you know whenever you want to keep it by the toilet and every time you go in there and sit down and read a little bit of practical programming you know, instead of having it condensed into a two and a half hour lecture for you. And, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's a, uh, um, uh, it's a, it's a work in progress and the damn thing's just gotten over the years. It's just gotten a whole lot better. And, uh, this is why you need to come to the full seminar. We just had a self-sufficient lifter camp this past weekend. And, and, uh, yeah, we had eight, eight guys show up and, uh, this, this is a pretty good group this time. Yep. And, you know, I think most of these guys should have actually been at the full seminar, but this one's cheaper and they didn't know. And I think they'll come back and, and, uh, experience the whole thing. The self-sufficient lifter camp we call it is uh is devoid of all of the theoretical background lecture material that we put into the full seminar and that theoretical background lecture material is is what has made its way into the revisions of the book over the years uh and we're const we're constantly changing our explanations up that lecture i give at six o'clock on friday night has changed Changes a little bit every time, but uh, I'm I don't think that we're going to be adding all of that to the book. You need to come to the come to the seminar. If it's real important, we wrote an article about it. Kay, thank you. Thanks for calling in, Carter. Thanks, Brent. <clears throat> all right, thanks, guys. Aaron F. Aaron Frederick next. Aaron Frederick, where are you? Hey, uh, hey, Rip. I'm out here in Tulsa right now, uh, coming up from Austin and then heading up to uh, Omaha, actually. Right. You're so, gonna, there's going to be a snowstorm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, but That's you all right. Know, what are you survive. driving? You're not in a Celica <laughs> or anything, are you? No, I'm in a, I'm in a Ram 4x4. Oh, you're, you're um, ready for it. You're yeah, ready for it. Yeah. Unless you got bald tires, you're ready for it. <laughs> No, but I do. I am Alabama born and raised, so I don't know what snow. So you don't like. know what the hell to do when it snows. No, right? I'm uh, screwed. Don't slam on the brakes. Rule number one: don't slam on the brakes. Rule number two: don't slam on the brakes. <laughs> and that ought to <laughs> that ought to get you around. Something. All right. Unless you want All to right. have a little fun. I mean, 
Last February in Texas, when we snowed down, I totaled the last truck I had. So, oh nice. So you got a kind of a record here that is not. In- uh yeah. No, no, it's not. My wife hates it too. Is she with you? No, she uh, she's actually in Omaha right now. She just saw you up at the uh, she, SSC uh, conference. Hey, uh, she learned. She she loved it. She's <laughs> gonna ride with this goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she stays away from me. She has a Jeep. Well, there you go. So my uh my question, Rip. Well, first off, I did want to say uh, thank you because my wife was up there for that SSC conference because I'm down here in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and uh, after seeing that, she decided she's actually going to take on a an apprenticeship role here soon, probably under Phil because I refuse to apprentice her. Um, you're you're a wise man, <laughs> and uh, so she might pursue her SSC before we open up in Omaha. Well, good, but. But um, the question I had was uh, about the Nebraska model. Uh, it's been a long time since practical programming was written, and I'm just wondering if you still consider, or if you ever did actually, consider the Nebraska model a viable late intermediate program. You mean Epley's yeah, version Epley's. of this? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't – it's been so long since I wrote all that shit. I don't remember the specifics of Epley's model. I do remember that he used the exercises almost correctly, but I don't know if uh, the five pound of workout thing was part of his model or not. I I doubt that it was uh, because I've never heard of that anywhere articulated, but but us. Uh, so if he's if he's a late intermediate, see this is one of the things that that Star did in Star's book. His his recommendations for a squat workout were not compatible with our ideas about the novice linear progression. You don't need to do a light, medium, a heavy day for a novice. You're wasting time. And Epley may not have realized it because nobody was thinking about this at the time that. All of the kids that coming into the Nebraska program, especially their first year, were novices. Now, they were strong novices. They were very talented novices with big verticals, the best athletic talent that the recruiters could put in the locker room. And that having been said, they're still novices. If you're novice linear progression, like you just walk into the gym, your standard – 19 year old kid walks into the gym wants to get stronger he's he's 5 11 175 he's going to squat 135 for three sets of five the first day the kids that are also novices in epley's program may very well have squatted 315 for three sets of five the first day but that doesn't mean that they're not novices because the term novice is not defined by the amount of strength that you currently possess it's it's not that at all novices are people who have not subjected themselves to a constantly escalating incremental increase in strength incremental increase in load rather on on the bar for the, the, ex, the basic exercises, and who therefore have not forced that available adaptation to take place. I mean, we've had people 
that ended their novice linear progression in the 500s on the squat, you know, at a body weight of not much more than 200 pounds. Now, these people are freaks, but they're there. And that's obviously who you want on the football team at Nebraska. And their recruiters know this, and they know how to select that kind of talent. But that doesn't mean that the potential for the five-pound of workout, novice linear progression, does not remain active for these people who are starting at a much higher level of force production than the average gym guy. Now, you might not know that if the only kids you work with are freaks, right? That's what this is this is the the one of the primary values of the starting strength program. It was developed for the general population, but it applies to everybody. The same principles apply to a kid who starts off his first day three sets of five at three fifteen as if he started off the first day at 135. Because the principles of stress, recovery, adaptation apply to everybody. And I'd say that that's one of the primary uh, benefits of our program is that it applies all across the entire human demographic because of the way it was developed. You know, I mean... Louis Simmons is real famous for having a whole bunch of strong guys in his gym. You know why Louis had a whole bunch of strong guys in his gym? Because he didn't let you in his gym unless you were totaling 2,000. Now, that would kind of skew what your results appear to be, doesn't it? I mean, wouldn't it? You know, you, you, if, if everybody in the gym is totaling over 2,000, because you wouldn't let them in the gym if they weren't, does that necessarily mean that you know how to make everybody strong? Well, no. No, it doesn't mean that at all. All it means is that you were good at recruiting. And I, I, that's blasphemy to some people, but that's just, the, that's just the facts. The facts are that if you start off with an extremely talented pool, of trainees that you may or may not know what the hell you're doing and their strength levels are not indicative necessarily of the fact that you do know what you're doing okay does that make sense yeah i think we call that the chinese model now right the chinese model <laughs> somebody chinese. just asked me about that today on the board Wanted to know why the, what I thought about the difference between USA weightlifting's approach to Olympic lifts and the Chinese approach to Olympic lifts, and I pointed out the fact that the Chinese have 1.5 billion people to choose a weightlifting team from, and that under those circumstances, their coaches may not be any better than ours, and probably aren't. I haven't seen a lot of Olympic weightlifting coaches that have put in the time to analyze these lifts from the mechanical standpoint the way we have. Um, 
I've been around a lot of them. I know what they do. And uh, I, I don't see anybody doing it at the level of mechanical analysis that we've got. And I don't think the Chinese do either because they don't have to. For the same reason that Boyd Epley's locker room was full of freaks. The Chinese locker room is full of freaks, too. And if you have a locker room full of freaks, it doesn't matter what you do. They're going to look good because they came in looking good. Now, the real question is, are you fulfilling their potential for improvement? And the answer to that is is no, you're not. Unless you're doing it our way. That's how arrogant I am, yes. The height of arrogance, saying that I'm the only one. That's just math. I mean, (laughs) just math. Am I arrogant because I can add two plus two and get four every single time? The answer is yes. Yes, I am arrogant. So anyway, and that, uh, well, we always talk about this, but that applies everywhere in everything all the time. The 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 most skilled and the highest performers get the most attention, and their coaches get the most attention. But you know, you you go learn anything from anyone that's uh, that's used to working with high level uh, performers, and generally they suck at coaching. I mean, in other, it suck in terms of not being able to teach a regular right. person what to do, right. or or more important not know how to progress a normal person or or even the freaks they've got they don't really know how to progress them that's true if you think that high level d1 professional football strength and conditioning needs to be uh performed with 20 pound dumbbells on unstable surfaces you don't know what the hell you're doing you don't know what the hell you're doing and furthermore you have refused to learn right you can't make a guy stronger with 20-pound dumbbells on unstable surfaces. That's not how force production is increased. And uh, those mistakes are the very kind that are made at the D1 and professional levels of sports. And the way they get away with it is because the recruiters have handed them enough talent to where anything they do with these guys looks like it's effective. You really need to understand that. I mean, there are several college programs throughout the early part of the 21st century that were still doing machines, still doing leg extensions and leg curls and shit, you know. And how does it look like it works? Recruiter. Recruiter hands you freaks. Anything works with freaks, but that doesn't teach us anything. Working with freaks doesn't teach us things. Working with average people and below average people and making them stronger teaches us things. And that's where this program, Starting Strength, comes from. It comes from people that walked into a commercial gym and needed to get stronger and wanted to get stronger and did what I told them to do and got that way. And that's that's the primary difference. Yeah, good coaches know how to solve problems, and the most problems come from people who aren't good at much, right? That's right. Absolutely right. Well, okay, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Drive careful. (laughs) Yeah. Drive more careful, in fact. (laughs) 
All right, let's go. We'll just go in order here. Let's have uh, Alex next. Alex Heyman. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, sure, Alex. Thanks for picking up the phone. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. No problem. Pleasure. Hey, so uh, I work up here at Boston. I work out up here in Boston with uh, Arthur and everybody. It has been great so far, but. Uh, you know, I feel like I've had a good run since I joined the gym in April, but I'm a little worried about a couple of things uh, for keeping the um, keeping the momentum going. You know, first and foremost, uh, I've got a vacation plan in a couple of weeks and uh, it's going to be great because I'm not going to have to worry about eating enough for the first time in like the last three months. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little worried about the gym at the facilities. You know, I think they have a bench so I could probably count on, um, you know, benching and probably deadlifting i could probably like count on clean and pressing but i'm not sure they have a squat rack you know i've been doing haltings and rack pulls but does it make sense to try and go to like you know a couple more pulling days for just a week or is that just going to be a waste of my time all right well how long does the vacation last two weeks yeah like a week and a half and week then and i've half. got 10 like, days is what you're talking about being out of yeah training, right all right uh and you've been training how long I mean, I trained a decent amount before I uh, got here, but, you know, I really, you know, kicked it up once I got here. I started at starting strength in uh, April, and I think around August we started to transi transition off the novice LP. Okay. And what are your numbers right now? So I'm about six feet. I'm, my weight's somewhere between 255 and 260. My bench is 375, my press is 260, my squat is four, my last squat was 405, but I hope I got some room there now. And I, my last deadlift was 425, and I think feel the same way about that. Well, you've got a little bit more upper body momentum going for you than you do squat and deadlifts, and it'd be interesting yeah. to know why that is. But why don't you just go on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> and not worry about it why don't you just go on vacation and not piss your family off you going with your family yeah not piss them off about having to interrupt their good time for you to go down and indulge your obvious narcissistic <laughs> tendencies by training at the gym because they don't understand that shit and and, uh, <laughs> to be honest, that's the same advice I give my clients. We're right. going to be out for a week. You're going to be just out take, for a week. Just, just take, take a week off. Take a week off. You're fine. Just take a week off. Enjoy the goddamn trip. Eat too much. Drink too much. You know, sleep late. You know, have a right. vacation. Yeah. You're not going to detrain. At this point, <laughs> you're not going to detrain. Yeah, you'll be fine. You know, if you detrain 10 pounds, then you detrain 10 pounds, you'll get it back. Yeah. The problem is we're right. making a habit, right? So if you're if you're on schedule and you're going to come back and get right back to training, you won't even skip a a, a beat, man. You know, you you just repeat your last right. workout. Well, you're only be gone ten days. You come back yeah. and the first day back, you just repeat the workout you did before you left. Yeah. Pick it up right not there. To, uh, not to butt in on you guys, but that's kind of what I was worried about because. Um, I've got some business travel in uh, the first couple months that's going to get in my way. And, uh, you know, you guys spoke about it earlier, but you know how New England went, uh, winters are. So yeah. uh, you're not in Buffalo, yeah. are you? Well, uh, we're in Boston. You know, it's not as well, bad. You don't as get Buffalo, lake effect but, uh, nine, 10 feet of snow in Boston, do yeah. you? 
Well, we don't get that, but the state, you know how we how these blue states can be. It'll shut us well, down. Well, I know it's all fucked up. You, yeah. you live in a fucked up place. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> That's your choice. <laughs> yeah, you need to. I mean, you got a car. You can put all your shit in the car and go somewhere else. Yeah. You hadn't done it, so it's obviously <laughs> important that you stay there. So so here's here's the other part of this shit. You're going on a vacation, a voluntary vacation. You're going to take 10 days off of training. You're going to come back, and everything will be just fine. Yeah. Your business shit is not optional. And if you want to try to train while you're away on a business trip, that's fine. Yeah, you should. And you, and you probably should. You're not going to have access to familiar equipment. You're not going to have fractional plates like we have at the gyms. You're going to have to do some version of your workouts if you're on a business trip. And if you want to try to train on your business trip, then I think that's probably a real good idea. But in terms of this vacation, holiday season vacation, don't piss your family off by bringing your train in with you. We had the guy at the camp this weekend who said on when he was on vacation he drove ninety minutes to go train. You remember that? Yeah. God. Now that's a retard. Is what that is. That is well, a smooth-brained retard. His, his wife was probably pissed. Oh, I would be. Yeah. Because that's a five-hour situation, right? Yeah. At least. <laughs> at least. At you got to eat. Hours. It's a six-hour situation. Right. It's just you that's know, awesome. you just destroyed an entire day, and they're not going to be happy about that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, look, everywhere – in to, today, you can go anywhere and get a, a, a rack, plates, and a and an okay bar, right? I mean, it's not going to be ideal, but you can drop in somewhere. You can drop in at Anytime Fitness, Crunch Fitness. What, just find a gym that will let you drop in. Um, and, and even the smallest towns – and you're probably not going to a small town anywhere, but even the smallest towns have a, have a gym you can go to. So. They've got something, you know, yeah, you just plan, train on. You just got to plan ahead. That's, that's – you know – that's probably the worst situation where you're traveling a bunch and you just uh, you just let it go. You just let it go. Don't do that. Uh, you know, if it's a work thing, training's part of your work day. Just just make sure it gets done. Sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Okay, sir. All right. Next up, uh, Brandon. Brandon Martin. Hey, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Sure can. This is Brandon, and I got Kirsty, my wife, with me. We're the uh, soon-to-be owners of Starting Strength uh, Birmingham in Alabama. Well, good. <laughs> good. Thank you. We need a uh, deep south location, don't we? Yeah. Florida doesn't really count. No, Florida's count. vacation land. It's right. not really deep south. Birmingham, right. I think you'd have to call Birmingham deep south, yep. right? Yep. Right. You guys still celebrate Robert E. Lee's birthday and shit down there? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think should. That that's a yeah. Should he's yeah. a great man? Yeah. Um, my question is in relation to training a an 11 year old male. Uh, he's 116 pounds. He's five foot four. Um, I would say he's even though he's 11, he's probably Tanner stage four by my uneducated uh, guess. Um, and At 11. Correct. Oh yeah. This, seems early. this guy's dangerous. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he you know, he, his voice is dropped. He's very well developed for an 11 year old. He's he's almost twice the size of some of his uh, uh fellow students. Oh um, God. And, and maybe those... hospitalize somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my question particularly is is 
what how to handle him towards the end i quote end of an lp particularly in relation to when it's appropriate to deload and ramp back up his lp versus right. manipulating. well you're worried about way too much of this yeah that's All what right. i want I'm over you're, you're, you're belaboring minutiae that are irrelevant he's his at his age if you are so stupid as to to, to have him start a novice linear progression and i wouldn't do it if it was me and I had an 11 year old kid that I didn't want to psychologically harm, I'd let him go out in the yard and build forts and throw, you know, snowballs at shit and that sort of thing and not worry about this Birmingham. training thing no right snowballs now. Snowballs in Birmingham, Rip. Yeah, but it snows in Birmingham. Does it? Bonehead. No. God almighty. See, it's, you're Black from Aaron, Nicaragua. You don't think it snows anywhere. The, the look on their face tells me that it doesn't fucking snow in it Birmingham. It snows in Birmingham. <laughs> She's and, shaking her head no. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, they live there. <laughs> I'm just telling you. What do they know? You two are wrong. <laughs> what do they know? It doesn't snow in Birmingham every afternoon. <laughs> But it snows in Birmingham. When it snows in Birmingham, it snows more than it does in North Texas. He better hurry up and get out there and make snowballs before it all melts. In two hours. What is? What's the what's the deepest snow you guys have ever seen in Birmingham? In Birmingham, yeah, two inches. I'm trying to think of the time we've had a blizzard like in '92, maybe three, '93. See if you can remember the last time it snowed hard. It doesn't snow hard there. They had a blizzard. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Digging in those hills. They're just, they're just digging in. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about you. Oh, you think I'm digging in? <laughs> You're digging in your heels on this one. <laughs> All right. So anyway. <laughs> Hey, so I, I train a, I train a lot of kids, right? And I, I think Rip's right. You, you don't if they want to get in there and train, let them, right? If they want to, if that is generally one of the things that they want to do. If they want to take the day off, let them take the day off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I slow down my um, the weight on the bar pretty drastically so they're not just grinding every single time they're on the bar. You know, right. it might be a it might be a pound a week, two pounds a week, maybe. Um, and that's that's when it starts getting a little bit hard. Um, but he's right. You don't want to psychologically fuck them up and think that my entire life is going to be a grind underneath the bar. Right. You know, I started training my um, – my 12 year old uh, stepdaughter and she loves being in the gym and we've been focusing a lot on Olympic lifts now because that is more of a skill than grinding under a bar and she enjoys doing that. But yep. you know, it, when she looks at me and says, Hey, I really want to take the day off and go play with my friends. Okay, cool. I'm not going to challenge her on that. Right. Yeah. And, and keep this in mind also that a novice linear progression for a kid mm -hmm. is different, is going to be longer mm -hmm. and less grueling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, than it would be for a 18 year old comes in the gym, 18 year old comes in the gym, his novice linear progression lasts six to eight months. Yeah. Uh, 11 year old kid might do a, a novice linear progression for three years, mm -hmm. making smaller jumps on a less dogmatic basis yeah, and uh, so uh Let, but I, you know <clears throat> i think you're you're probably uh jumping the gun here at 11 i don't care if he's at tanner stage four when he's 11 he's a kid mm -hmm. you know he's 11 he lacks the experience he lacks the judgment he lacks the i mean he's still got shit he's learning about how to use his little body that comes from play that's what play is for mm -hmm. Yeah. Play is where you get good at using your body. And I think that is as important to him as a strength training program would be for an 18-year-old. 
So I'd yeah. take this very carefully if I that would be my advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just make sure you guys understand the uh, the let, let's define some things here because people say novice linear progression meaning you know learning the lifts and adding adding some weight to the bar when 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 we're talking about a no shit novice linear progression it's demanding a strength adaptation mm-hmm. right it's a, it's very aggressive it's very fast so in 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 that context that's where it's it's inappropriate for a kid right um even even maybe at, at you know 12 13 maybe even 14 you, you, you have to understand they're not getting strong because of the bar that might be a factor but they're getting strong because they're growing and you right. can't force that you can't make that happen that's going to happen naturally so to so to make this kind of useful for you guys there's nothing wrong with uh with doing the lifts there's nothing wrong with increasing the weight yeah. what you don't want to do is get into a, a very aggressive uh <clears throat> programming situation which is what when we talk about novice linear progression that's what we mean right mm-hmm. a very right. aggressive programming situation where you're demanding more weight on the bar um, because he's got he's got years and years. So so go ahead and let him do the lifts. Slow down the progression so that it's reasonable. He probably shouldn't be grinding every single time he's in the gym, no. or even close to that. Right. No. So you're slow. Just slow things down, and uh, it, it'll be fine. Right. In other words, don't fuck around and make this no longer fun. For yeah. Him. Exactly. That's exactly. This right. has to stay fun. Yeah. That's exactly right. Or you're gonna sour him on the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Hell, I'd wait till he's begging you. Yeah. To let him come to the gym, yeah. You know, you know. Uh, you know again, I have I have um, clients around that age. You know, kid kids and one pound a week. And even if it looks uh, too easy, they're still getting one pound a week because again, I don't want them burning out and I don't want them hating it. Yeah. Because when they hate it, when they start hating it at a young age, they'll never not, do it again. When they have the option, they're not going to do it. They're through with it. Yep. They're through with it, and you screwed up the kid's development of his physical potential. Yep. Just mm-hmm. by insisting that he start too early and too young on a program that is too hard mm-hmm. and can't be recovered from and isn't any fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's excellent uh, info. I'm glad I asked that question. Well, I am too, because you may just save yourself a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. All right. For sure. Thanks for We're calling, gonna, man. Appreciate it. Snow, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch out for the snow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steven. Man, Steven I'm telling Martin. you, I know it snows in Alabama. <laughs> snows in Georgia, too. Do you know that? It's, I've been in Georgia it, when it's cold. It, it's snows in northern Louisiana. Hi, this is Stephen. Oh, Stephen's. Hey, Stephen, where are you? I'm in uh, Chicago, Illinois. I, I train at Starting Strength with Chicago. Does it snow in Chicago? <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, okay. Very much. I just want to get that out of the way. All right. That's Huntsville, which is a little bit further north. north yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> One, oh, it's north of Chicago? No, no. Huntsville, Alabama gets an average <laughs> 1.77 inches per year. Which, oh, wait, wait. It says, while Birmingham and Montgomery collect less than an inch of snow per year. Hey, so, I don't want to hear your fucking numbers. <laughs> all right? I don't want to hear these facts. We're talking to a guy in Chicago now, all right? He's got Lake Michigan right there. He fucking snores. He's got Lake Michigan there. Yeah, Chicago's cold, man. It's always cold. Chicago's awful. It's miserable. I'm glad as fuck. That's why they shoot each other. Yeah, that's why they shoot each other. Just, just get out, out of the fucking cold. They're just pissed. Just out of frustration. You get to go to jail. 
<laughs> get to lay in a warm hospital. Warm. <laughs> Eat a fried egg sandwich. Uh, God almighty. Jesus. Uh, All right. So had that having been said, what's going on in Chicago? Um, a lot of good things. Uh, starting strength is great. I'm, uh, I've been training since February and I've been trying to gain weight, but, um, not a lot of things have been working. So I'm just trying to stuff my face. Is that a and siren in the background? Cute. It's Chicago, man. It's, it's Chicago. This is, how, this is Chicago. How yes. typical. <laughs> What's that? How typical. Yes. That's a common, that's a common noise. Yeah. But <laughs> my question is, my question is, um, I've had more luck with protein powder and having uh, creating my own uh, mass gainer shakes. And I was wondering if you have any preferred brands for protein or starting strength plans to produce their own protein powder anytime soon. Well, we did we did buy a lot of uh, what was that thousand unit lot of whey uh, protein. <clears throat> yeah, I, something like that. Yeah, we have a protein powder. We still got that in stock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it's unflavored. And this is, uh, so if you're, when I tell people about what protein supplement to buy, I want them to buy an unflavored whey protein isolate and, uh, not a concentrate, but an isolate and it's easier to digest. And, uh, the most important thing about it being unflavored is, is you can make it taste any way you want to. If you buy a bottle of of chocolate protein powder then you had better be real fond of chocolate because you can't make it taste like anything except chocolate but if you buy a bottle of unflavored protein unflavored whey protein you can make it taste like chocolate vanilla strawberry mango banana you know salsa you know barbecue flavor protein you can do anything you want to with it and uh green onion and chives oh that sounds great protein doesn't it <laughs> yeah it sounds good yeah. it might be i've never had it before but i just you know look it's it, they sell that in other things right green onion and chives potato chips why not a protein yeah, yeah. drink it's good. right yeah. so it, it just expands the it it keeps you from getting tired of the damn thing right. is what is 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 primarily what that's for if you decided you need a protein drink you want 50 grams of protein have a protein drink every day and every fucking day it's the same chocolate protein you're gonna figure out reasons to not do it so the unflavored gives you all these options and it, it's you're much more likely to be able to establish the habit of, of drinking the drink if it's not going to taste exactly the same every time you do it and there's all kinds of different ways to do protein drinks and unflavored whey is the is the primary best way to do these you can mix it with milk you can mix it with a root beer or an orange uh soft drink uh lemonade and uh fruit punch it's good lemonade and fruit punch it's all kinds of options for this and it's you know you can vary the taste every day never be tired of the damn thing so uh uh in terms of the brand we sell this this brand uh but there's lots of unflavored whey protein isolates available i've got a can of optimum nutrition 
You can buy off of Amazon. Uh, buy from us, you'll have that beautiful blue label. It says starting strength. And you'll know that it's the most high-quality protein ever available. Made. Ever, ever made. made. And uh, so we, you know, we'd love to have your business, but if you just want the whey protein, get the whey protein isolate, unflavored. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. That was an easy one. That was a no big deal. Kind, big of deal. A, we even, uh, kind of a question. Talk about actual snow. Yeah. Actual Chicago snow. What color is that snow up there? It's got to be, be gray. Blood red. Well, it could be blood red. Yeah. Depending on what part of town you're in. <laughs> could be yellow, depending on what part of town you're in. You ready for the you next know? one? Oh, yeah. All right. Jay Livesey, our friend in Colorado. Yes. Hello. He's working. You guys. There he is. There he is. That's tricky. Hey. Hey. Um, hats off to me, huh, for still being on this call. Uh, <laughs> it's always about you, isn't it, Jay? Always let me, let about you. you. Let, hey, I, I, let me ask you something, just because I'm a curious guy by nature. When y'all are sitting here with this many people waiting, is there any anxiety, like, we should hurry this up, or is it just fuck them? No. Fuck them. They no. can Fuck them. They can Zero. leave if they don't fuck like it. But you knew what the deal was when you called in. No, right? as a matter of fact, I did not. As a matter of fact, I did not. You, you did not know fact, did you'd not. have to wait a few minutes to talk to How do you not know that Rip takes 30 minutes to answer every fucking question? <laughs> We're, look, you've been well, around. You, 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 here's you, the deal. You, We're concerned you, you, about you, the show, <laughs> not you. All right? You got my, my – I was actually quite curious because I was – Bree sent me the text, and she says, just click the button. I said, okay. How is this going to work? That's me. I'm always like, how? So once again, it's not your fault. It's Bree's fault. It's Bree's fault, as usual. Got it. Oh, shit. So you want to talk about something or you want to just bitch? No, I guess I I do have a question. My question is a bit of a bitch, too. So that's part of the. Let's have it. So we have quite a few 50 let's just call them 50 plus in the age bracket that come to the gym and have read you know the barbell prescription you know five times and they are hell-bent on training twice a week right yep and these are people that upon the introductory session i mean they're squatting the bar plus a little right right can you, and I assume you're going to agree with me, explain to the masses that that two times a week, if that's all you can do, that's better than nothing, but that's not exactly practical for somebody, even if they're above the age of 50, that can that's, that's lit, that hadn't trained in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because if you say it, you know, believe me, Rip says, you know, God knows how many times people say that in the gym. Well, Rip said this. Well, uh, what's the nature of your question? You want them in there three times or once? Well, they come in battling three times, two, two or three times a week. And they're like, well, the barbell prescription book says you only got to train two times a week. And I said, well, 
you know, it there's a motor on your age. I think he explains the fact that if you're 45, uh, you're in a completely different situation than if you're 75. Is it, yeah. It's a typical uh, deal, though. People read something and they pick out the things that appeal to them. What they want it to be. Yeah, what yeah. they want it sure. to be, you know. The, the right. number of and people I, that actually need to train two times a week. I mean, we've got them here in the gym, right? I yeah. Mean, it's, it's the minority. It's the very frail. Um, now, now, once somebody is, is significantly stronger, then absolutely it might be appropriate to do that. But starting out, there's no reason not to do three days a week. <clears throat> if I started a 50-year-old guy out, I'd have him train three days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Until it got to the point, and this is extremely important because this is the whole point of the whole idea, until he got to the point where he is having trouble recovering right. from three days a week, and then you switch him to two. You know, and and this is, I mean, I, I think that this is the way it's stated in the book is that uh, well, I guess the that, older that's you my get, point. the less training you can recover from. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rip, just because it's stated in the book doesn't mean people are understanding it. That's right. Yeah. Well, let me explain. Which I think. So let's take this opportunity to explain it to them. All right. If you are 50 and you're starting off and you've never trained before, you're totally untrained, no training history whatsoever, I would like for you to train three days a week and 50 is not fucking old 50 is not fucking old it's not you're you're 50 i want you monday wednesday friday or tuesday thursday saturday and after about three months when we get you up into the high 200s on your squat low 300s on your deadlifts uh proportional lifts for the, the bench and the press I might consider switching you to a two-day-a-week workout. But until it gets hard, we need to make progress as fast as we can because you're already 50. Hell, you're only going to be around another 25 years. We had not got time to waste, right? We need to get you strong. So if you can do it, you need to come in three days a week. And if you are being overtrained on three days a week, chances are you're not paying attention to your coaching because you ought to be able at that age to recover from a a three-day-a-week program. But then, after it gets hard, after you're having trouble sleeping, you're sore all the time, even though you're eating like you're supposed to be and sleeping like you're supposed to be, if you're having trouble sleeping because you're sore or you're tired or you're just keyed up and, and, you know, uh, can't get relaxed, from the training then you drop back to twice a week but that doesn't mean the default is always two days a week for everybody over the age of 35 that's just not the case yeah the key word there's might go to <laughs> two days a week the number might <clears throat> most of my clients are are over 50 and a, almost all of them train at least three three days a week yeah. most of them train four days a week um the the coach's job is to help you manage the training stress whether it's two or three days so it it, 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 yeah it's not an automatic default thing um plenty of people are getting really fucking strong well into their 50s well into their 60s um and moving big weights right uh it's not a it's not an all or nothing thing i only have Uh, one quiet one client 
that is two days a week, and that's Jesse. And how old is Jesse? He's 81. 81. Yeah. He's 81. He's 81. He I, looks like he's about 68. Yeah, he's in great you know? shape. But I only have him trained twice a week, and I have, I think, six clients that are at close to 60 or over 60, and all of them train three times a week. Yep. And they are, they're all making gains. If a, you're the 72-year-old, extremely detrained lady comes into the gym wants to start training, well, you got to applaud her guts, mm-hmm. A, but start her at two days a week, all right? Start her at two days a week. She's 72. If you hurt her, you're not going to – that's not good. And two days a week is, is plenty for her. But for a 50-year-old guy coming into the gym, a 50-year-old guy is not old, and he can train three days a week. All right, does that help? I, Rip, I know what to do. It's the people that come in um, with the preconceived right. two days a week. Yep. So that's that was more of my get get the word out that hey, that's part of the intro session to establish what makes the most sense for you. But the vast majority are probably going to be able to do three days a week. Sure, they are. Uh, uh, starting out, and yes. uh, I've I've gotten enough of people coming in there. In the last six months, of, well, I think I only got it. book says two days a week. I'm I'm fifty plus. Well, I'm, I'm happy that they read the book. <laughs> All right, I'm happy they because most people won't do that. But by the sure. same token, your job as the coach is to explain to them that what if you'll look at the book with a little bit deeper level of understanding, what you will find <laughs> is that three days a week is where we're going to start you. And when it's time, when I tell you it's time, we're going to move you to two days. But we don't want you to waste your time and your money training only two days a week when three is feasible. And, I, you know, that shouldn't be hard for you to do. You're a persuasive guy. No, hopefully this will um, – hopefully I can just point to this clip and – I'll, I'll, I'll make a clip out of this one, and I'll put it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, let's do that. Excellent idea. So you can just send him a link. Excellent send him idea. a link. This, we, got to the, we got to the bottom of it. All okay. right. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Thanks for your patience, Jay. Oh, <laughs> All right. Let's keep moving. Oh, shit. <laughs> Arthur. Arthur Frontsack. hope I said his name right. Oh. I've known the guy for three years, five years. Two owners in a row. How about that? Three owners in well, a row. Three owners. Yeah, that's trip. right. God, I feel. Hello, important. Rip. I'm I'm calling with a question about snow. <laughs> All right. Well, I know more about it than you possibly could ever learn. So, more than let me I have it. I, I'm admitting that freely and openly. No, I, so Mr. my uh, thanks for having this special session. And my question is about when I work from home. I have a home gym. Uh, I am, uh, I'm a dad. My daughter just turned two. Sometimes I try to watch her while I'm working out. Sometimes mom watches her upstairs and I get interrupted sometimes, not all the time, but there's times when I'll be in the middle of like a work set. I finish my work set. Let's say it's the first of three. Then I go upstairs and then like 15, 30 minutes might go by until I can get back to them, finish my workout. So right. If I'm lifting heavy, I'm thinking, hmm, man, I mean, if I was just, you know, squatting or something pretty heavy, go upstairs, half hour goes by, 
do I need to re-warm up or something? Or is that no. just, do I just kind of just pick up exactly where I left just off? Pick up where you left off and don't worry about it. It's, okay. it's not, I mean, you're not squatting 725. No. <laughs> so it, it, won't, no. it won't matter that much. I mean, ideally, okay. see, we, we look at all of these recommendations that we have for rest periods and, and increases and training frequency and uh, all this other stuff is uh, based on what is ideal. But what is ideal is seldom what happens. So you just do what you can. If you have to go upstairs and put out a fire and it takes you 30 minutes, then you come back down and do your second work set. You know, you're not going to hurt yourself. It's going to feel like shit. But by the time you get to the third rep, you won't remember that. You finish your set of five and then you go back upstairs and finish putting out the fire. And then 15 minutes later, you come back down and you do your third work set. It's not Got optimum, it. but it's it's just what you have to do. Yeah, I'm I'm so, committed to getting the reps in for sure. I wanted to, to to finish it, and you know I'm I'm getting a bit older. I'm 56 now, and based on the earlier questions, you know I could die, you know, in any moment now because that's real old. So I'm trying right. to you know be careful about <laughs> injuries and such. So. Well, as long as you hadn't had the vaccine, you, we'd probably get another five, six years out of you. Vaccine, all bets are off if you've had the vaccine. Shit. Something you could do, and look, if you do, if for some reason you, you get it in your head that you need to warm up, uh, it, it, it's not going to take you the same amount of time or warm up that you did the first time through, right? So it should be fairly quick. But something something you could, could do or might want to try, <clears throat> if you come back 30 minutes later, just – Unrack the bar, stand there with it for ten or fifteen seconds, then rack it. That's a good idea. Yeah, that that'd disinhibit the Yeah, that'll at least make it right. Make it not feel so not damn feel heavy. So heavy right? right. Yeah. Just stand there with the bar for a second or two. That's a, that's it. a good idea. I certainly wouldn't go back to eighty percent and do no. a single. No, no don't do anything done. That's not necessary. Yeah. Don't do okay. that. Yeah, no, I, I do I do like the unracking idea. And you know, I I've had a couple strains in the past, but um I think as you said before, Rip, that's rarely when I'm lifting. Usually it's pulling something weird out of the fridge at a bizarre angle and yeah shit like that's that. when most of us get hurt is not under the bar right but I, I just want to be smart i do like the unracking just hanging out with it for a bit and then re, re-racking it to kind of acclimate right yep yeah that's a good idea so cool well i, I appreciate the suggestion okay arthur thanks for the call thanks gentlemen take care okay see you all right uh next up is sammy sammy Hello, Rip. What are you doing? Uh, so um, I'm in Chicago too. Uh, oh, another man. guy. I'm a 30 year old Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a 30 year old Frenchman with uh, steady bathing habits. Uh, <laughs> have been training at the Chicago gym for two months. You I you're currently a Frenchman with steady bathing habits. <laughs> Well, I was yes. going to ask him. I'm glad he pointed that out because uh, I was going to ask him, when was the last time you had a bath? <laughs> because his, his countrymen just don't believe in that. Yeah, I know. I, I know the reputation that uh, my compatriots have over well here. Deserved. So. <laughs> well deserved. We had a Frenchman show up at a uh, 
we were doing a seminar at a uh, long, long time ago, seminar at, at West Point. And we're in an auditorium. And we got like 15 people in the whole damn thing. It's not very well attended. And the goddamn auditorium is like a 100-seat auditorium. And we got through, and this, this Frenchman was there. And they had to repaint that fucking hall. <laughs> When we got through, it was it was amazing, really amazing. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that your hygiene is up to snuff. So, what's your question? So uh, I've been training two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently weigh two forty. I started at two twenty months ago. Um, my height is five eleven. I'm converting to imperial, so you understand me better. Right. right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah i was a pure novice when i started uh i just got my deadlift at three plates i started at 155 squat at two plates started at 85 press at one plate started at 65 and bench at 165 started at pretty good so the question is do my lifts uh do my lifts justify me gaining 20 pounds or is my wife right and i should stop the croissant well i you're you're five eleven and you're two forty five. Uh, yeah. I think you probably could stand to look at your diet a little bit and see if there's a bunch of goofy sugar and stuff in it, and and maybe slow down on that. But I don't think you need to go to two sixty five right now. You just stop at at, at, uh, at five eleven two forty five. You're. Uh, Composition's probably skewed a little bit toward being a little too fat. Uh, are you? You're not doing anything that's inappropriate, like the gallon of milk a day, are you? No, no, no. All right. Well, I'm not measuring, but well, but you know, you'd know if you're drinking a gallon. <laughs> of milk. It's hard to accidentally do that. So, uh, I think that you're probably. Uh, you probably could stand to uh, tighten your diet up a little bit. Now, there is a, there's an old article I wrote that you need to read. It's called A Clarification, and Ooh. it's on the website. It's under my Arthur, my author uh, index, and it's A Clarification, and it, it pretty much explains to you where you ought to be at different places in the novice progression, depending on where you started. And it's, uh, I think that's, we'll, we'll answer some of the questions that you've got. Now, I do not think that you should start doing any conditioning right now. Right. There is no reason to do that. Conditioning does not change body composition. Diet changes body composition. The you know the old idea that you can run off your fat. There's too many fat runners that prove that that's bullshit. All right, you 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 don't do that. Just tighten up your diet and keep training. But uh, now I you know tell your wife to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Because she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. God, French women are just such a pain. She's probably not French. You don't think she's French? Oh, she is. Yeah, she's she's French. She's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I was giving her the benefit. I've known a couple. You know, no. (laughs) Look, man, you're you're squatting two plates. You're deadlifting three plates. Pressing one plate. Um, 
and you've you've done all the weight gain stuff. So this is kind of for everybody else because you've done the classic thing, right? You've gained yep. weight a little bit too fast. Um, but the solution, so this is what most people do, is they say, "Oh shit, I need to go on a cut," and then you fuck everything no. up. And what'll happen is you're gonna you're gonna go on a cut, and your all your numbers your, will crash. Your squat will only go to like two fifty five or two seventy five, and then you'll you it'll it just puts a halt to the whole thing. So you need to stay where you're at and get your deadlift up to four plates and your squat up to three plates, and your bench up to two plates, and you'll probably be much happier with how you look. Uh, but it's not the cut is not a solution. No, you just no, stay no. Where you're at. If, Clean up if, the diet, like Rip said. Right. If you're if you're contemplating doing a, a restricted calorie cut, don't do that. Yep. Don't you get to do this novice linear progression thing one time? Don't compromise it. If next year, say middle of the summer, you know you're unhappy with your body composition, then we can talk about something like that. But right this minute. What you need to do is just tighten up your diet a little bit. If you're eating 4,500 calories, I'm talking about 4,000 calories. Yep. Tighten it up a little bit and just hang on. Make your numbers each workout and just continue the process. Yeah, don't stop, until, you, don't stop until you're deadlifting at least four plates. Right. You'll right. be deadlifting okay. four plates in three or four months at the least. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe quicker than that. I mean, at your height and your size, 405 is not strong. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, man. Thanks for the call. All right. We got two more. <clears throat> two more. Two more. James Johnson, you're next, sir. Hello. See there? He must have walked away from his phone. He said, forget this. All right. Just take it too Let's long. skip James. Let's go to Ray. Ray Gillenwater, our bread breadhead friend. He doesn't have a question. Oh, he doesn't? He's just hanging out? He's just hanging out. Okay. All right. We'll make him give us a question. Well, oh, there's James. I, there he is. I can come I can, up with a question. I didn't have one, one, but I, yeah. well, I have one in my mind. But. Go for it, James. Uh, all right. So I, I've noticed since I've started working out a better – mindset i was wondering Riff, if you have experience with with how people have developed mentally or emotionally through training not just physically because it oh, seems yeah. to have a very positive effect oh yes we've noticed that a long time ago that's some of the biggest changes you see in people the uh yeah we don't talk about this a lot because uh uh you know we're afraid of being called arrogant you know it's a it's a it's a that keeps me awake at night the idea <laughs> someone thinks i'm arrogant uh but i'll there is no better way to learn things about what you can do what you can accomplish about the method for accomplishing hard things applied to everything else in your life than there is to get under the bar and go from 135 squat to a 405 squat. It changes you. It changes your relationship with yourself and with your and your relationship with everybody around you. And that may seem odd to say that, but you'll have to. You, I, I have had so many people comment on this to me. 
that everybody notices the fact that you carry yourself differently. Right? Now think about what that means. You carry yourself differently. Your your appearance, but your your body language, your confidence, everything that that you project to the other social animals that you are around. People are social animals, just like cattle and birds. We are social animals, and we project a presence. And when you have gone through the process of overcoming a, a, a daunting task, getting under the fifth rep of the third work set of a weight you don't know you can do and doing it, something changes in your brain, and people can see that. And this is, this is an extremely important aspect of this program. Now, we have talked about the, uh, the use of the starting strength novice linear progression training system for the military and how important it would be that six months of basic training be devoted toward getting you stronger. How much more effective do you think that entire generation of recruits would be with a 405 squat, a 495 deadlift, a 300 bench, and a 200-pound press? Given the fact that not only are they stronger, but they now know things about themselves that they did not know before. They know how to get something hard accomplished because they've done it. They know the process by which hard things are accomplished. Incrementally, you accumulate the ability to do hard things. This is an extremely important lesson. It goes far beyond the uh, increase in physical strength that people experience when they go through this process. And, uh, you know, what a historic opportunity is being missed here. You know, uh, those of you that have, have gone through this process know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I mean when I say you have a different relationship with yourself and you have a different relationship with everybody you know people you know and people you don't know strangers look at you differently if you've gone through this process now there are going to be people that say this is all bullshit well i don't care what you say you can say it's all bullshit but i it's not and everybody that's done it knows it's not all right it's true of uh, anything <clears throat> anything that's really difficult that you <coughs> Any process that's really difficult, physical process that you subject that you uh, subject yourself to, uh, does this right. But if you think about what can the average person do safely uh, and long term, 
that will give you that kind of a benefit, right? So you can think about things like uh, martial arts, climbing Mount Everest, you know, all that kind of shit that, that fundamentally changes people. All that has a lot of inherent risk, and it's a pain in the ass, and it hurts, and uh, and it's difficult to do. It's but inaccessible to most people. It's inaccessible, yeah, for whatever reason. But right. uh, you know, you you could uh, you could say the same thing about things like Muay Thai or MMA or, or Jiu Jitsu, uh, but that shit takes a long time, and you're gonna get you, you, all the stuff that comes along with it. Um, but you can do barbell training in your garage or in a gym, and it offers the same benefits in terms of the stuff we're talking about. Um, and it's accessible in terms of the psychological benefits, exactly. right? But it has the added right. benefit of making you a whole bunch stronger, exactly. Which martial arts doesn't right. do. That's right. Yeah. How else can you subject yourself to that kind of stress? Psychological, stress. manageably and incrementally. Manageably. Right. There's not a better way. Right. Yep. There's no other method known that does the same thing as going from 135 to 315 on a barbell squat. Right. Yep. You know, you accumulate. An adaptation. The accumulation of an adaptation is how you learn to play the piano, right? And how you learn to perform eye surgery, and how you learn to do everything else that you can't do right now. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that the gaining that kind of competence in something that's only skill based without the hard physical effort tends to produce uh, overconfidence in a lot of other things, right? So. Uh, what I mean by that is is things that are not hard physically, that may be hard intellectually, right? Uh, turn you into generally turn people into dicks. They they, they you don't <laughs> you don't have the physical right. the physical component along with it, um, which is what fundamentally changes people, right? When shit's really physically hard, that's what that's what changes people. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it's there's something inherent in the acquisition of physical strength. Um. That's really not like anything else. Right. Yep. It's it's such a broad improvement in the whole human. Yep. It's 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 uh, it's, it's not possible to overstate. Right. Right. Yep. So yeah, I I agree. I think I think it's amazing, particularly in the world where everybody gets a trophy and people aren't learning. <laughs> how yeah. to deal with hard things yeah everybody gets a trophy i remember the last powerlifting meet that i announced down in uh dallas a long time ago uh the the, the trend had been headed in this direction they had Having so many divisions yeah. and so many age groups and so many right. you know various divisions that you could enter that uh Everybody had gotten first place. Everybody gets first place. I stopped halfway through. I stopped halfway through my awards presentation as I was calling out the awards. And I said, I remember uh, this didn't make anybody happy. I said, let me, let me just stop here for a second. Let me call your attention to the fact that if everybody wins first place, Nobody. Nobody wins first place, <laughs> and they didn't ask me to come back. 
But even even with that, but, you know, basically, <laughs> again, along a similar, think of your average power lifter at you know even at that at that meet where everybody got an right. award. Your average power lifter compared to, and I'm saying average for a reason here. Average power lifter versus your average CrossFitter. Who's that bigger asshole? The CrossFitter. Because CrossFit's not that hard. Guys. Because CrossFit's easy. It's not that hard, right? It it doesn't require that you assign yourself a task right on a regular basis and accomplish that task yeah what about your average power lifter and your average olympic lifter interesting thing there too right right i mean not that olympic lifting isn't technically hard but objectively hard moving a heavy fucking weight there's a difference there's quite a bit of a difference because olympic lifters have learned that they don't make prs all that often right and it's not required of them to make prs they shouldn't have learned that. Yep. That's why they don't do very right. well. Right. But power lifters are all about the PR, and that is the whole thing right. about training, is forcing yourself to do something you haven't done before. That's the whole point of the whole thing. Yep. And it changes your body, but it also changes everything else about you. Right. Yep. <clears throat> All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, James. That's it. All right. That's it. That's everybody that signed up. That's everybody. Well, I'm glad nobody but Jay bitched. (laughs) Would you expect anything else from Jay? No, no, No. you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. We've learned that. So, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do this again. This is is productive. Everybody was nice. I thought it was Audio sounded good, you know. Decent questions. We got a lot of information across. You and I got to be funny. Oh, man, it's That's good. important. It's always good. Always good to be funny. Yep. Bree wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yep. Learned a lot about Standard snow. Standard deal, you know. Learn more about snow than you ever want to and know. Where it actually snows, where it doesn't. <laughs> where it actually snows, where it doesn't, and how much <laughs> bullshit there is involved in that data. <laughs> How that's wrong? It's a conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes are fooling you. Yes. Who are you going to believe? Me or your lying eyes? Well, you're going to believe me. If you got any sense. All right. Let's go away now. All right? Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next time.